Hello and welcome back to Sex Here and Now, the podcast dedicated to promoting sex positivity and inclusivity. As always, I am your host, Matt Lachman. I'm a licensed therapist who specializes in sexual health, sexual dysfunctions, and overall sex therapy. One thing to note, this podcast does contain language that some may find offensive. But with that being said, let's dive right in. So I wanted to start this episode with a story. The other day, I was catching up on the new season of Stranger Things. At this point, I'm only five episodes in, so if anyone spoils it for me, consider our friendship over. Anyways, I was noticing this trend with the male characters of the show. They were all still prescribing to this archaic notion of what a quote-unquote real man should be and how we should act. And it got me thinking, what the hell? How is this still getting promoted on television in 2019? Now before you go and roll your eyes and point out that this show takes place in the 80s and hey Matt, maybe they are just showing us how boys and girls were acting back then, so lay off. I get it. Trust me. I want to give this show the benefit of the doubt. And you know what? I will. Because I like it, and that's what we do as humans when we like something. We give it the benefit of the doubt. But what about the countless other shows that take place in 2019 that still promote these ideas about masculinity? We have made a ton of strides, don't get me wrong. But why do we need to hold on to these notions of what it means to be a man and how we should act? This episode is going to focus a lot on masculinity and why being masculine is not necessarily a bad thing as long as we are doing it right. Now, before we move forward, let me note this one thing. For those listening and thinking I am attacking masculinity, I am not. There is a difference between traditional masculinity and toxic masculinity. There is nothing toxic about working hard providing for one's family, winning at sports, or being loyal to friends. Most importantly, there's nothing toxic about wanting to be respected. All humans want to feel respected. We all want to know we are valued, recognized, and affirmed. I am all in on the notion of masculinity. So having said that, are we on the same page? Good because now I'm going to be diving into the concept of toxic masculinity and why still to this day, people are getting it wrong. But first, can I ask you a question? Seriously, because this is something that hits on a deeper level and one that I can't wait to get into, but we'll save for a later date. What does it mean to be masculine? Big muscles, deep voice, a big penis, Hell, what does it mean to be feminine, for that matter? Being pretty, skinny, submissive? These are all social constructs that we have created to define what we think biological or trans men and women should be. But these vary across cultures and across history. So let me say it again. I am not attacking masculinity. All I am saying is that you person who identifies as male, you define it for yourself. Now let's look at the origin of this term toxic masculinity. 
It came about in the 1980s and 1990s in men's groups as a way to help them understand behavior and the shifting of roles that was occurring in our society. Now I want to note something here. We are talking about behavioral actions that men learned over time and that were passed down to them generation by generation that then led to this need for recognition and creation of a term to define what was happening to them. Thus, toxic masculinity was born. This notion is narrow and a repressive description of manhood, defining it through violence, sex, status, and aggression. It's the cultural ideal of manliness where strength is everything while emotions are a weakness where sex and brutality are markers by which men are measured, while supposedly feminine traits, which can range from emotional vulnerability to simply not being hypersexual, are the means by which your status as quote-unquote man can be taken away. Let's look at this fact. In America, men are close to four times more likely to die from suicide than women four times more likely. And many experts say it's because they're told not to express emotions. It's also well established that toxic masculinity kills women. Women are far more likely than men to die at the hands of their partner. Intimate partner violence against women and girls is rooted in widely accepted gender norms about a man's authority and a man's use of violence to exert control over women. Research shows that men and boys who adhere to a rigid view of gender roles and masculinity are far more likely to use violence against a partner. This should not be news to anybody. The notion of domestic and sexual violence against women is a men's issue, and for those who identify as male, we need to continue to change this so that the cycle of violence can stop. As we continue, let's break down this term toxic masculinity a little more. If I had to give it a definition, this is the one I would choose based off of my research. Toxic masculinity is an adherence to traditional male gender roles that restrict the kinds of emotions allowed for men to express. Now let's give a real, simple, straightforward example. I want to talk about the word cute. As a man, can you look at a kitten or puppy and call it cute and feel comfortable saying it? While well, some of you are probably shaking your head in agreement, yes, I can. Others are thinking, no, if I said something was cute, people would think I was feminine or gay or weird. Maybe they would think cute is a woman's word. I would never say it. These are just a few of the reasonings behind why men may not say the word cute. And there are many more out there. But do you hear how ridiculous those are? If you want to say an animal is cute, or your girlfriend's dress is cute, then just say it. Express yourself. Be authentic. Now let's look at some typical behaviors that are associated with toxic masculinity and how they define being a man. A man has to be dominant, suffer in silence, not ask for anything, always win, show no emotions besides anger, and be self-sufficient. I mean, 
Can a man even carry an umbrella in the rain, or is that just asking for too much? I find as I record this podcast, I am able to make light of this topic because we have come such a far way in addressing it. But boy, we still have a ton of work to do. So where does some of our work lie? It lies in correcting people's perception of what this term actually means. Recently, the great and powerful Meryl Streep came out and stated that we need to stop shaming our men and boys and making them feel bad because of what they believe to be masculinity. She also threw in there that women can be toxic as well. But do you hear how Miss Streep's misunderstanding of what this term means can change people's mind frames out there? She is so powerful that just by her saying this, people will start to believe that she must be right and we should stop shaming men. I shouldn't have to say this. It should be obvious by now. But toxic masculinity doesn't mean that men are toxic or that masculinity itself is toxic. Once again, we are not shaming men, Meryl. Or is it Miss Streep? I just want to be clear. I mean, I love your work. I'm just trying to help here. Meryl, what toxic masculinity means is that extreme forms of traits traditionally associated with masculinity, like aggression and stoicism, those are toxic. If I can get political for one second, extreme conservative politicians and individuals have taken this phrase as an attack on men because it's a quick way of derailing a conversation about rigid gender norms and allows them to pretend that feminism is some sort of plot against men. Oh, and also, I don't think people really know what feminism is, so I'm going to take a quick education break on it in about a minute. But Meryl did get something right. Women can be toxic. I bet the term toxic femininity goes over a few of your heads. But it does exist as well. This notion promotes eating disorders and disordered eating. It says that being a woman means being pretty and pure. It's our society telling women that their worth as a woman rests on getting married and having kids. It's a girl being told to cry and play the damsel in distress to avoid accountability. And it is being taught to treat other women as sexual rivals. It is awful. But women have made a ton of strides in their own right with this topic. The reason I mention it again is because there's one big difference between toxic masculinity and toxic femininity. The latter is a lot less deadly and a lot less dangerous. So, Meryl Streep, goddess of all things acting, I applaud your effort for trying to start a conversation, but please educate yourself before speaking out on this topic. something new with the formatting of this podcast and dedicate a section of each episode to talking about a specific word or concept in the field of sex therapy that can serve as a little nugget of wisdom to take away. Sound good? Great. So I know I've already spoiled it, 
but the word slash topic slash philosophy that I'm going to be talking about briefly is feminism. Now, most people think this term just means that you strive for equal rights for women, which, duh, of course it means that. But it goes deeper. Being a feminist means, in general, taking an integrative approach and striving for equal rights across all minority groups. You strive for equal representation among these groups. You denounce racism. You recognize the intersectionality of multiple sources of oppression, like race, class, gender identity, sexual orientation, religion, and other identity markers, and you strive for equality amongst everyone. It is not saying that women are superior to men, so please, please stop saying that. It does not mean that being a feminist means you hold this hatred for men. It simply means that you strive for equality. I bet most of you are feminists and you don't even know it. Welcome back. Now let's look at some various examples of toxic masculinity, or should I say, scenarios where you can see the impacts of it in our society. We have this big hang-up when it comes to men engaging in intercourse or outer course with another man. Now, I think you know where I'm going to go with this one. Why is it seen as not gay behavior when women engage in sexual actions with one another? But if two men do it, it is. In fact, it is seen this way so much that men have evolved into suppressing their sexual urges so much that they engage in risky behavior and shame themselves until the end of time. Pop quiz. Now I'm going to ask you a question and I will provide you with four possible answers. Your goal is to guess which answer is the most accurate to the provided case study. Questions? Ready? Okay, let's go. So let's say Mark my fictional friend who identifies as heterosexual and who previously has only had physical intimacy with women, desires that he wants to, for political correctness, perform oral sex on a man. Now, this is an intense thought, right? Like, what does our society say in this situation? What does it say about quote-unquote being a man and being masculine? How is Mark ever going to survive in this world knowing that if he acts on this interest of his, someone is going to grab his hand, revoke his heterosexual privilege, and toss him into the pile of queers? This sounds ludicrous, right? Or at least it should. We have no problem watching Sarah Michelle Gellar teach Salma Blair how to kiss in the Oscar-worthy Cruel Intentions. But if that was two male actors... It would be seen as too harmful to watch. This double standard has existed for quite a while now, and it can all be linked back to toxic masculinity. Okay, so back to the pop quiz. The question is, if Mark performs oral sex on a man, what is his sexual orientation? Is it A, homosexual, B, heterosexual, C, bisexual, or D, 
asexual? Everybody have their answers? Great. Well, if you guess B, heterosexual, you are correct, barring Mark now having sexual feelings for men. Let me get to the point here. Just because a man wants to act on an interest that he has to be with another man does not make him gay. It does not even make him bi or pansexual. What it makes him is a heterosexual man who is comfortable in his own sexuality and allows himself to explore it. We need to start telling men that it is okay to be curious and want to explore things. I am so happy Dan Savage and his fan base coined the term pegging because it granted our repressed society permission to allow heterosexual men who want to be anally penetrated the ability to do so. But it is laughable that people think just because a man wants to put something in his butt that makes him feel good, it must mean he's gay. Stop shaming people for what they like and what interests them. Just because you don't want your prostate massaged does not mean you have to police your heterosexual friend who does. But in case you are looking for more concrete examples and research that shows the impact of toxic masculinity in 2019, let's talk about how this way of thinking is literally killing the earth. Yes, you heard me correctly, killing the earth. New research has found that one of the deterrents for going green among men is the fear of their sexual orientation coming under question, according to the study coming out of Pennsylvania State University. In this study, 960 participants were asked to evaluate whether someone would feel feminine or masculine based on several environmentally friendly activities, such as paying bills online, turning off the air conditioner, caulking windows, recycling, or using reusable shopping bags. For example, a participant decides if recycling is considered feminine or masculine, and then from there, determine on a scale from 1 to 10 their impression of that person's sexual orientation. What was concluded is that participants could not determine heterosexuality if they learned that a male fictional character exhibited behaviors associated with women. In the example of the reusable shopping bag or recycling, men across the board deemed it as feminine. Therefore, those perceived as being more likely to have positive feminine than positive masculine traits were not associated with manliness. The research suggested that if being seen as heterosexual is important to men, men will opt out of gender non-conforming behaviors. So in layman's terms, if men believe recycling is a feminine thing to do, they won't do it. This is what toxic masculinity does to men. It makes them question whether throwing something in a recycling bin will make them seem less manly. Let me step back for a minute and talk some about mental illness when it comes to men, especially depression. Over 6 million men suffer from depression each year, many of them going undiagnosed. Thankfully, with the focus of mental illness being illuminated in recent years, it has become slightly more acceptable for men to seek treatment for depression, but not as much as it should be. Men still tend to cope with their feelings of depression through abusing drugs, violence, and repression. Why? 
because men have to be tough. They have to be able to handle everything that comes their way and not be overwhelmed. Because if they do become overwhelmed, it is seen as a weakness. And if they have a weakness, then that is a strike against them and they lose points on the masculinity scale. Men, start talking about your feelings. Hell, start shaming your friends who don't open up about their feelings like we do to men who open up. Obviously, I'm joking, but what is it going to take for our society to loosen the chains around men? Is it reminding ourselves that men are close to four times more likely to commit suicide than women? Is it fathers and mothers eliminating the phrases boys will be boys and man up from their lexicon? The United States has one of the highest rates of mental illness and one of the lowest rates of individuals seeking treatment. I hope I am alive in the future to see this trend change. As I wrap up this episode, I want to end by saying this. I identify as a cis male. That means I was born with male sex parts and I identify as a man. I support men as much as I can. I am not going to give up on individuals who identify as male and write them off saying that they can't be helped. I want men to understand that it is okay for them to turn to their girlfriend, wife, husband, friend, therapist, and say that they are insecure. I want men to be able to say that they want to be held by their partner, that they want to be little spoons sometimes. I want men to cry. I want men to not compare themselves to women. I want men to wear makeup if they want to. A little cover-up never hurt nobody. I want men to be okay valuing love and relationships more than sex and saying that out loud. There's so many things that I want for men. As a sex and relationship therapist, I have men come into my office all the time and start statements with the phrase, well, I shouldn't act like this. Or, shouldn't I want this? Or, if this is what I was taught, why do I feel like I'm failing? At the end of the day, as long as your desires and actions are not harming anybody else, why police them? Go. Live authentically. It's the only way to live, in my opinion. That does it for this episode. As always, you can follow me on Instagram for more news and updates about the podcast at sex underscore here and now pod. Look at my website, sexherenow.com for more information as well. And you can like and follow my page on Facebook, Sex Here and Now. Thank you for listening. And as always, stay sex positive. Positive.